by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. Welcome to episode 504 of the Paranoid School Rock Show. My name's Armitage, and on this week's show, Camden Rocks and I Ache. Arguably the best value for money festival is Camden Rocks, which normally takes place on either the last Saturday in May or the first in June in, well, obviously Camden. At 35 quid, 20 if you've got the early bird ticket, you get to see 200 bands spread over the venues of Camden, ranging from the small to the electric ballroom. Uh, tickets for next year's have already gone on sale with the super early bird amount risen by a tenner to 30 quid, 35 with booking fee and postage, which I've already purchased. As even though no bands have been announced, I'm guaranteed at least three bands playing will do it for me. Last year, I made the big mistake of sticking just to one venue, which was the Proud Gallery, as I didn't want to miss seeing Michael Monroe. I did get to see some great bands, but the Proud Gallery's policy of once you're in, you're in, with no access to toilets and a limited bar, coupled with an inside temperature that you know was so high that you could fry eggs on the stage, lessened my enjoyment. So for this year, I decided to spread myself over as much as Camden as I could. Uh, if I couldn't get to see a band, so be it. There was going to be plenty of other great alternatives. First band I had marked on my stage time list were London SS, who were on Dingwalls at the stroke of midday. For those of you who are unaware, to gain entry to the venues, you first have to go to the World's End pub, swap your ticket for a wristband, flash in front of security to gain entry to the venues taking part. Previous years, queuing has almost prevented me from seeing my first band of choice. Therefore, with wristbands starting to be dished out at 10 o'clock, I aim to get there half 10. Typically, there was engineering works on my local railway line, but even with the incentive for a train spot like myself of travelling on the unused Beckenham Junction to New Beckenham Spur, I opted for the safest route, that being bus to Bromley South, fast train to Victoria, and then the 24 to Camden. Sounds easy. Well, the first two parts were, but coming out of Victoria, I was met with a giant building site with no clear indication of where the number 24 bus stopped. Fortunately, I spotted one stuck in traffic, heading in the right direction. As it was one of those new route masters, I assumed I could hop on the back. No, doors firmly shut, no problem, because we all know bus shop stops in London are no more than 100 yards apart. So, uh, a brisk walk, I followed the bus round the corner, uh, no bus stop. Uh, not to worry, it's about to be just round the next corner. But with the bus slowingly catching me up, uh, I change from a brisk walk to a slow jog. I get to the second corner, and again, no bus stop. Now, I'm 24 by this time, has whizzed past me. And as I get to the third corner, I can see the exit where I came out of Victoria train station. Basically, I've just gone round three sides of the square. I can also see the number 24 bus stop 50 yards away, meaning if I just crossed over the road outside the train station and strolled up Victoria Street, 
I'll call the bus. But I saw stuck in traffic instead of missing it. Definitely. I only had to wait three minutes for the next one. When I got to the world's end, I was relieved to find the shortest of queues, meaning I had plenty of time to have a look around the market sorts of Camden before heading to Dinwalls. London SS formed back in uh, about early 1975 by drummer Gear Wade, bassist John Brown, guitarist Mick Jones and guitarist Brady, but a revolving lineup that featured at some point Tony James, Brian James, Rat Scabers, Terry Chimes, John Moss, Topper Heaton, Paul Simonon, Matt Dangerfield and Casino Still. The London SS were the catalyst for some of the great first wave of punk bands, The Clash, The Band, Chelsea and The Boys. During the band's original tenure, nothing was committed to vinyl, although the Damned Fish, at that time called Portobello Red, and the Clash's 1-2 Crush on You were originally London SS tunes, with Chelsea's unrecorded Get Out Walk, a uh, reworking of Why She Won't Talk, penned by Brian James. In 2012, Brady reignited the London SS moniker with vocal list Jimmy, guitarist Tedge, along with bassist Andre and drummer Michael Caine. No, not the Michael Caine that, only did, that uh, was in the cheap sets. However, Camden Rocks was the first time I would have seen the London SS. Oh, and the SS stands for Social Services before any of you get any of the wrong ideas. The band started with a classic intro song of Pipe One before Jimmy, dressed in only some PV trousers, took the band into the Hollywood Rats boys classic Sick On You before their no beards, no beer cuts, no beginner CD EP was played out with Jimmy, who across sort of like part Iggy, part stiff, part Johansson, falling backwards off the crowd barrier whilst trying to return to the stage after a quick record into the audience, ripping the arse out of his aforementioned PVC trousers and scraping his back up like a t-shirtless biker coming a cropper on some gravel. The band finished with a tribute to Johnny Thunders in the form of the New York Dolls classic Jet Boy. Now this is how I like my rock and roll.
get a bit of sack before the clash next. Hamster's <laughs> got lucky dog. Listen to everything this man says. Sounds true, Ziggy Pops, of course, like this. at London SS I wandered up the road to the bar flight where Alive With Eyes were kicking things off on the downstairs stage even though I must have only missed the opening half of their first song the place was packed with me only managing to get a couple of feet inside the band is London based and they're four piece that are stupidly young I think all four of them are still at secondary school however 
Despite their youthfulness, they still manage to play some squirrel-pleasing punky power pop. These are probably at odds with what their peers at school are listening to. With young bands like Alive With Eyes, I'm reassured that there is a future for rock music. Alive with Eyes that I've made my only tactical error of the day. What I was intending to do was bomb down Camden High Street to the Crowndale, formerly the Purple Turtle, to see the Dorellas, who I haven't seen live yet with new vocalist, guitarist Stevie Dorella and drummer Bish. Unfortunately, 
On my way, I bumped into Nigel Mogg, formerly of the classic era Choir Boys and sometime Peckham Cowboy at the Cuban, and spent the next 20 minutes having a good old catch-up and basically putting the worlds to rights. Therefore, any chance I had of seeing the Dorellas evaporated faster than a bullet and diet coke at the crowbar. Hopefully, though, I shall be catching them in Islington next Friday, supporting the Super Suckers. Luckily, the Cuban was, after the Dorellas, going to be my next port of call to see Anita Chel Almar, who uh, I hadn't seen live since uh, February 1986 when the Cherry Bombs played the underground in Croydon. For those of you who don't know, the Cherry Bombs were basically the last version of Hanoi Rocks minus Michael Munro plus Anita before the Hanoi rebirth. The Anita Chel Almar band featured original Cherry Bombs bassist Timo Carito on guitar with his son Alex on bass. And I have to say, Anita's voice has aged well. Normally, the ravages of time hit singers first. Not so, Miss Chalamar.
Chris McCormack had booked Ginger Wildheart to play three times over the course of the day at three different venues, with Ginger deciding to play three different sets. Fortunately for me, the first was straight after Anita Chalamar at the Cuban, and as past experience has shown me, to see Ginger at Camden Rocks, you need to be at the venue at least one band before him, which obviously I was. Today his band consisted of Toshi on a two-stick bass and drummer I on tambourine. Unfortunately... Ginger had some technical issues with his guitar, leading to a 10 to 15 minute tambourine and bass version of some of the songs. But with the crowd leading the songs along, Ginger looked relaxed, taking it all in his stride. Just another day at the office, although Duncan the roadie might have had a different take on it. All right, let's see if we can get through this set without a guitar. <laughs> Keep 
It's been a while since I've seen the Peckham Cowboys, with vocalist Mark Eden now being the only original member. Whilst the band was setting up, I had the gut feeling that something, or someone, was missing. Nigel Mogg bass, check. Timo Colito guitar, check. Ryan McCormack, I think, on drums, check. Shamefully, it wasn't until I was on the train on my way home seven hours later that I suddenly said out loud, Dale, original and co-founding member Dale Hodgkinson wasn't there. Once home, a quick Google told me he was alive and well, but now living in Sweden. Comparisons between the Cowboys and the Choir Boys run deeper than just Nigel Mogg playing bass with them both and the Guy Bailey connection. But whereas the Choir Boys, well, Spike, seem to lean towards a gypsy romantic lifestyle who would charm the birds out of the trees, the Peckham Cowboys are up to their necks in it with Dickens Fagin. Lovable rogues, but you and your money would soon be parted. However, the thing is, you'd be happy to see it go.
long-time listeners know back in 2011, I worked for a couple of months for Spine Farm Records. Label boss Dante Bonunto did me a favour, keeping me occupied while I started gainful employment, which I, in return, did just for expenses, let's face it. Who would turn down free food, a free travel card, and spend every day listening to CDs or going to gigs? Anyway, every so often, a jiffy bag turns up at my house emblazoned with the Universal Records label, the contents of which Dante thinks warrants my attention. The last one arrived contained two CD singles. The first was from a band I'd never heard of called Black Foxes. That's foxes with two X's. And a single called Husk. I think, because I've not got it to hand. Anyway, I put the CD into my CD player, and I really enjoyed what I heard. To me, they're very much Pacific Northwest sounding in an Exeter kind of way, because that's where they're from. Obviously, the Exeter, not Pacific, you knew what I was talking about. Obviously, the next phase was me to see them live. Fortunately, they're on the Camden Rocks built, playing the Dublin Castle at five o'clock, which is where I headed after the Peckham Cowboys. I assume the band played material from the debut Spine Farm album, um, but they threw in a cover of David Bowie's Suffragette City, just for good measure.
other CD languishing in the jiffy bag was We Are The Weekend by Reckless Love from their latest album, Invader. Now, you may recall, I didn't go a bundle on Invader, as it sounded either like some demos or work in progress. In some cases, I'm sure lyrics had been recycled. However, straight after the Black Foxes, Reckless Love were at the Electric Ballroom, which is a good job as the two venues are close to one another. Uh, I might have been disappointed with the last studio album, but live, the band are probably on top of their game, which uh, led me to regret not seeing them at the Scala at the end of March. To wit, as soon as tickets went on sale Wednesday for their London show in November, I was at the head of the virtual queue. Ladies and gentlemen, this next song is from my second album, back from 2012. And it's called On The Radio.
it was at this point I met up with Squirrel, and with an hour break until our next artiste, I feasted on overpriced undercooked fried chicken. Then we headed for the Proud Gallery for Ginger Wildheart's third set. His second was at the Forge while I was watching Black Foxes. Once inside, I remembered how damn stupidly hot the Proud Gallery was. On the plus side, last year's debacle of being kettled had been rectified. Straight after Ginger's set, the main grains were playing. And for those of you who aren't aware, sport former Wild Heart bassist Danny McCormack. And according to Ginger's songs and words book, the last time the two met, Ginger was on the receiving end of a left hook provided by the aforementioned Danny. Time, as they say, is a great healer. So it was good to see of them warmly embraced with much backslapping with a look of genuine fondness. This time, Ginger's set went off without incident with I being drafted, cajoled, into playing Sucker Bunch on a symbolless drum kit.
Seeing and hearing Danny McCormack reminded how much I miss seeing him play live. I've had the Main Grain's debut CD EP for a few weeks, which somehow has been ingrained, no pun intended, into my DNA. Because as soon as I started to playing, I thought Unscrewed sounded far too familiar to be one of their own. It must have been an old Yo-Yo's track. That, though, was left until the end, with Keep On Keeping On making an appearance. Unfortunately... My trusty digital recorder ran out of space just as they started to play it. And I just can't wait to see them again. back at the Cuban for the Godfathers who currently have Darren Birch on bass filling in for the currently unavailable Chris Coyne. The Godfathers were quite possibly the band of the day. With my digital recorder maxed out I thought I'd use my smartphone to capture them. This is the result. For the Godfathers! <laughs> Fortunately, there's a clip of them from Camden Rocks on YouTube, the audio of which I have ripped. Next year, I'm going to invest in a digital recorder that takes a micro SD card.
So after the Godfathers lay waste to Camden, I strolled over to the bus stop opposite to catch 24 that was rapidly approaching to take me back to Victoria, only for the driver to point upwards and then backwards. The bus stop I was at was closed, with the nearest one 50 yards behind him just by the bar fly. Uh, as it was one of those new route masters, I assumed I could just hop on the back. No. Nope doors firmly shut no problem because as we all know bus stops in london are no more than 100 yards apart so a brisk walk i followed the road round the corner no bus stop not to worry it's bound to be round the next corner but with the bus slowly catching me up i changed from a brisk walk to a slow jog i get to the bu- um, second corner and uh, find the bus stop which you know happens to be also closed with a strong sense of deja vu i looked at the bus driver and shrugged my shoulders at that point he stopped and graciously let me on until next week take it easy